You're listening to the Dyslexia Mom Life Podcast. I'm Nicole Holcomb, former teacher and school counselor turned civil rights attorney and podcast host. It wasn't that long ago that we learned the reason that our daughter was struggling to learn to read in first grade was dyslexia. Fast forward four years past many hours of research and collaborating with experts in the field of dyslexia. Now I'm sharing the lessons I have learned that took me from being an overwhelmed mom who didn't understand dyslexia to a go-to mom who is helping hundreds of moms each week through education and collaboration. I created the Dyslexia Mom Life podcast to give you simple, actionable, step-by-step strategies and hacks to help you do the same. If you're feeling alone and lost on your parenting dyslexia journey and you're looking to find a mom who gets it, you're in the right place. Let's jump in and get started. Hey there, welcome to the Dyslexia Mom Life Podcast, episode 126. Today I have a special guest with me, Stephanie Hill. Stephanie is the Marketing Director at the Lighthouse Academy for Dyslexia, and the Lighthouse Academy is located in Ocean Springs, Mississippi. So if you ever needed a reason to move to the beach, it could be to find this amazing dyslexia school, Lighthouse Academy for Dyslexia. So in honor of Dyslexia Awareness Month, we are going to be shining the light on dyslexia. And I love that Stephanie is here to share all about things that she's learned along the way and how she became involved with dyslexia. And I hope you enjoy our conversation. I hope that you take something away from it. And, you know, I would say if nothing else, I hope you learn that no matter where you are located and no matter where uh, these amazing dyslexia schools are located, there is always a resource out there for you, whether it's in your community or in someone else's community. The dyslexia community is always so open to having conversations and helping parents and helping you to navigate your journey through dyslexia. So don't ever be shy. You know, you can always jump in our Dyslexia Mom Life podcast community. We have a Facebook community to ask questions or to connect with people. But there are so many people in our communities. And even though Stephanie is in Mississippi, she's still in my community here in Georgia because she's now someone I have connected with. And I hope after our conversation today, you will find that she is someone that you are now connected with. So don't hesitate to reach out to Stephanie or myself if you have any questions about dyslexia. All right, here we go. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Well, I am so excited to have Stephanie Hill with us today. She is coming uh, to to talk today all obviously about dyslexia Mm -hmm. and why I am just so excited to have you, Stephanie, is that I cannot wait. I'm so interested to hear about the Lighthouse Academy for Dyslexia. Uh, Those that have been listening to the podcast for a while know that I have a heart for schools that are Um, you know, really geared to working with the dyslexic student and really nurturing those strengths and talents and all the things that we'll talk about today. But I just want to say welcome. And it's such an honor to have you on the podcast today. Thank you so much. I am equally as excited to talk to you. And I love your perspective, listening to your podcasts kind of backwards and um, hearing from mom point of view. And, you know, I do talk to parents often, but still I'm such in the school realm that I sometimes do forget like, you know, what are these moms and parents and families wanting to know and how much are they, are they needing from us as educators? So I've loved hearing your perspective. I think it's been really cool and you're so knowledgeable. So 
Well, um, I think this is, is just as exciting for me too. Well, awesome. Well, we are just excited to have you, especially since obviously this month is Dyslexia Awareness Month. And so right. as much information as we can get out there, as you know, with podcasts, a lot of times people start at the end, like you said, and kind of work your way back. <laughs> and so I try to, from time to time, you know, put more and more out there about right. just some of the basics that people may start kind of at the back of the, of the, um, catalog, if you will, I guess for a better word there, and just kind of work their way back. But I think during Dyslexia Awareness Month, as much information as we can get out there from reputable sources is helpful to to families. And so I appreciate you taking time today to talk a little bit about that. So before we talk about the Lighthouse Academy, though, uh, introduce yourself to us and tell us a little (laughs) bit about you and how you became um, this, this amazing dyslexia advocate that, (laughs) well, sure. Yeah. So, um, um, I have been on this journey, I guess, golly, it's been about seven, eight years. Um, I've been in education for 12 years and started out as a elementary education major. I went to work for a local private school. Everything was great. I've taught anything from elementary to high school. And, um, in one year, Um, In my class, I had a third grade student and her parents came to me and said, we found out she's dyslexic. You know, what do you know? What can you do? As a young teacher, there was very little that I had learned about dyslexia, even in undergrad and all my reading courses that I had taken and endorsement. Um, I didn't get much instruction on dyslexia. So I went to work, I researched, I did what I could. But a month later, they decided, you know, that wasn't quite enough. And they pulled her from my classroom. I was devastated. Um, And I told myself from then on, I was going to learn as much as I could about dyslexia so that wouldn't happen again. Um, And so that's what I did. I ended up finding a master's degree program here in Mississippi um, where they allowed me to go through. It took me about three years. It's an extra like... um, I guess, 700 hours of clinical training to, to become a dyslexia therapist, but went through that. Um, and it just blew up my world. Um, what I knew about reading, what I knew about the science of reading completely changed. And so, uh, that sparked my love of dyslexia. I married a dyslexic, didn't find that out until, uh, after my training. And I went home and said, honey, you know what? I think I I think I know. (laughs) It happens Um, more often than not. Yes. (laughs) It does. Poor things they get diagnosed. Um, but anyway, so going through that, it really just changed everything. I, there was a local school here where I live um, who was hiring for dyslexia therapists. And I love the school I was currently working in, but had to move forward and thought, you know what, I can help more kids in this realm. So uh, fast forward, um, the school that I'm at now came from that school that I, that we started. And um, it's been about three or four years in this journey of Lighthouse Academy, but as been the most rewarding part of my job that I think I've ever done. And just meeting the families, meeting the students, learning how smart these kiddos really are. Um, man, it, it's it's just changed everything for me as an educator. So um, I love it. And diving into, you know, what else is out there and how I can help them better and what we can do is is my jam. So that's that's me. That's where I'm coming from. <laughs> you know, and, and your story, parts of your story are, are so similar to lots of people, including our own, because uh, my husband and I both have education degrees, but at the end of the day, there's just still in the university system and even in the public school system, there's just uh, not a lot of understanding about what dyslexia actually is. And I will say, and if you've listened to any of my podcasts, I've, I've, you know, 
proclaimed this several times, which is <laughs> I'm just as guilty as anybody else. I started out thinking right. the backwards letters, the backwards numbers, right. and, and that's what happened for our daughter at the beginning. And so we right. thought, oh, well, that must be what it is. Oh, no, that's developmental, which, you know, we can have that argument a different day. But anyway, a debate about that. But uh, at the end of the day, though, when I was looking and listening to things, you know, it's it's interesting now, and you're probably in the same perspective, Stephanie, of what you thought you knew and where reality was and what you've learned. And I say that to say that um, it's hard to know what you don't know, right, as an educator. And then so many educator and educator friends that I have say, you know, once – like you kind of said, once you kind of tip your toe in the water, it's like, I got to have more of that because oh, it's yeah. it works and it's amazing. And, exactly right. and you know, and, and I also love that you said the piece about the training because uh, I was recently talking to a mom friend of mine and she's like, well, why can't I, I just need somebody trained? And I said, well, <laughs> you can go back to your public school. The problem is it takes years to train a teacher that really knows what they're doing and really understands dyslexia and can identify the gaps and figure out that individualized instruction. Like it's yeah. almost an art, right? To the science yes. of, 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 of the practice piece of that. Right. Have you found yeah. that to be true? We have found that to be true. Me personally, I mean, I, I thought I was a pretty good reader. I think even a reading teacher at first. Um, but once you really figure out there's a systematic way of going about this, and and not only that, the students need you know 500 or more repetitions compared to right. traditional students. So once you understand that piece, then you're like, okay, here's what's been missing, and they can't necessarily provide that in a public school all the time. Right. And a lot of, and like you said, like even people who you think, well, we'll just train the teacher that it's, it's hard and teachers are already strapped. And so when you give them a program, often teachers are like one more thing we have to do. Um, And it's, it's lack of understanding, you know, if you know better, you can do better, you know, it's just getting that piece out. And so, yeah, yeah, I I mean, and training is, is, is tough. It can take And it's ongoing, right? I mean, cause I know the the friends I have, especially my friends that have gone through the Orton-Gillingham Academy. I mean, right. it's like a multi-level tiered yes, process yes. of different levels of training and whatnot. Uh, I'm not as familiar with the schools in, in Mississippi and what the colleges are doing, although I should since I right. went to college in Mississippi. But <laughs> no, I'm currently living in Mississippi. Yeah, so you're fine. I mean, um, so yeah, well, but I'm glad to, it's, it's kind of ironic because we moved from Mississippi to Tennessee to Georgia and <laughs> all those moves took us to different um, educator type positions. Yes. And then my husband and I were laughing. We're like, well, here we are in Georgia and Mississippi has more programming than we have. <laughs> so what's going on with that? Or at least it was per- perceived that way in our end as we started looking at it seemed right. like there were a little a little different space. But oh, I do yeah. think in Atlanta we have lots of school options, although you know they're all a little pricey, but they we do have more like private school options That's as right. it relates to, to that. So I mean it all I guess works out. Um something you said that sparked a thought in me and now I've evidently lost it. But, <laughs> uh so Stephanie, uh will you think about let's say let's let's kind of start here. We'll kind of walk through a little bit about the Lighthouse Academy and sure. you told me a little bit about it there a moment ago and I appreciate that. But when we think about, you were saying a minute ago, when we think about new parents, and this is Dyslexia Awareness Month, so when we think about parents that suspect dyslexia or just Mm -hmm. kind of figure, maybe they've been in the world a minute, when when people reach out to you, you know, either through your current job or someone, you know, stops you at church or or (laughs) at the grocery store and says, what is this dyslexia thing, right? How do you, in, in, in simple terms, because obviously there are lots of, very scientific. Yeah, that some of the definitions, because I even have them on my website, they can be a right. little overwhelming to a they parent that's like, 
I don't, uh, what? So how do you break it down to explain to parents who say, I think my child is dyslexic. What does that mean? That's right. So I'm going to borrow something that my colleague says, her name is uh, Miss Houston. And she always says, and I love it, that when a really smart kid has trouble reading, writing, or spelling, then you know, that's, that's like your telltale sign that so we tell parents all the time, they're, they'll say things like they can they can recall exactly what I told them last week or they can say their favorite TV show or favorite video game. They can tell me exactly what happened. And then when we go to read a passage or anything to do with reading, they just hate it. And I say, well, don't you like don't you don't like to do the things you are not good at? Right. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's not a fun feeling for a kid to constantly feel like they're having to, there's something wrong with them. They can't figure this out that everybody else in their class can figure out. And so parents who come to us and say, what is dyslexia? We say, you know what? It's a brain difference. Your, their brains are thinking differently. And your kid, if, if you know that they have the intelligence to understand things, then there's probably something else going on. And most likely it's dyslexia. We, we actually, actually say, I think my executive director said it was like 80% of learning disabilities are actually dyslexia when it comes to reading. Um, and so people, like you said, have all these misconceptions about twisting letters or, you know, and it's hard, right. As a parent, because you're like hard. almost including us and, and every parent I've talked to is like, you know, I can't, I can't, well, I can't put my finger on it. Like they're really yes. like they, because they, they do. And that's what I told a, a, someone that contacted me recently. I was like, cause she went to a school meeting and the school's like, Oh, but doing great. Right. Like the grades are better and, and he's great at math. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, your kid's yeah. dyslexic. Like there's still that gap between the, the level of intelligence you're seeing right. of your child. And then the disconnect of being able but to they're read. They're not performing. Yeah. Are there like in this situation, the child's reading very, what I call robotic you know, um, really yeah. choppy. Yes. Uh, and this is a third really grader and blowing past, you know, um, yeah. punctuation and no inflection yeah. and no reading fluency. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's a sign there in third grade. Yeah. And if your kid can't read by third grade, there's your, there's your sign. Um, and I think like a lot of parents, and it's not a fault of their own. I mean, the schools will say the same thing. Let's just wait and see what happens or right. they're immature or, you know, and, and we have found that not to be true. And the longer, of course, we know that studies are out there, the longer you wait, um, the harder it is to remediate, you know? Right. So if you suspect something, you suspect, I just can't, there's something going on. I can't quite, like you said, put your finger on it. Right. Please. That's the time to reach out to someone who is knowledgeable about dyslexia and it, you know, and sometimes those people are harder to find. Mm -hmm. Um, um, But if you dig around a little bit, you know, of course, where we are, that's our whole goal, right? It's trying to get the word out. What, not just about the school, uh, but dyslexia awareness as a whole, what is it, you know? all the misconceptions out there can be well, overwhelming. <laughs> you know, it, it, it can be. And I think one of the really good things that came out of COVID is people got more comfortable with connecting. Like, like we're on Zoom. Nobody can oh, see yeah. us right now because we're on audio. But, <laughs> you know, we're able to connect a way, which obviously I was using Zoom before COVID. But right. for lots of families, I say that to say that, you know, if in your community you can't find someone, it doesn't mean they can't reach out to right. someone like you. They don't. You don't mind right. if someone from Georgia or Texas oh or goodness. Florida calls and says, "Hey, we're stuck." That's you right. know, and I have found that one of the amazing things about the dyslexia community is 
everybody has a service heart. Everybody oh wants goodness. to serve. I can't think yeah. of one person that I've ever reached out to that's like, yeah, good luck with that. Right. I mean, everybody has been so supportive, exactly even if right. you end up not going to their program or going to their school or whatever be- it is, people yeah. want to sincerely help people. So I say Thank that you. to encourage people that are listening today. You know, if you connect with a podcast guest or if you connect with, you know, someone says, hey, have you checked this school out and whatever? And you're like, that's too far from my home. It doesn't mean they don't have resources, though, that might can help you and help you brainstorm things. So don't ever be scared to reach out and ask questions because, you know, that's that's why we're all here is to to help people, like you said, better understanding and awareness. And the more that our families can understand, then, you know, they can also become their own, you know, spokesperson in their own community to help other families. So that's so helpful too. All right. So the Lighthouse Academy, for those that are not familiar, where are you located? Yes. So we are located on the beautiful Mississippi Gulf Coast in Ocean Springs, Mississippi. Um, It's a small community uh, for where we are in Mississippi, um, but it's, it is wonderful. And it's such a family friendly area. Uh, a lot of really cool shops and festivals happen down here where we live. And um, I always kind of laugh because if you're going to pick a dyslexia school in Mississippi, I'm like, why would you not want to come here? This place <laughs> right. is pretty. Yeah. So, yeah, my um, husband would be packed up and ready to go in the car. He, he loves the beach, so he would be right. For that. That's exactly right. So, and do we, you consider your school to be an immersion school, or kind of how would you explain to someone what type of school it is? It's not yeah. a typical private school because all your kiddos are dyslexic, right? <laughs> That's exactly right. So, um, all the kids have to have a diagnosis of dyslexia, um, and that's because we are a full immersion school. So. A lot of the questions we get about the school is, well, do you teach math? Do you teach science? And the answer is yes. Um, we teach all subjects. We are state accredited. It's technically called a, a special purpose school. That's how Mississippi defines it. Okay. Um, there's only three, um, potentially close to four now in the state. Um, so it's really cool what, what the state's been able to do and provide for us as far as accreditation goes and and what we can provide as far as scholarships as well. So we are super blessed to be where we are and very blessed to be able to create an affordable solution for parents who are looking for full immersion. Awesome. And what grades do you currently serve? So right now we serve second through sixth. Um, it changes. So based on need and based on who applies, um, that's kind of decides what grades we'll have. Unfortunately, we're bursting out of our current building. We are renting from the city. Um, and so we are in a small wing of an old elementary school and we are maxed out. So we are looking at potential uh, avenues for other places we can grow into. Right. That's, that's um, bad news and good problem news. To have. <laughs> right. It's a good problem to have. Definitely. It is. It's, we want to so, be able to service the kids. Yeah, so. no, that's awesome. What would you say your uh, teacher to student ratio is? Very low. So we follow the six to one when it comes to everything that's taught through uh, dyslexia therapy and language instruction. And then um, no more than 12 is kind of what we try to cap our classrooms at right now. And so each, even though we have right now, second through sixth, we have a lot of part-time teachers that come in. We have, you know, specials teachers who teach PE, art, music, all these things that we have for our kiddos. And, um, and that's been really beneficial too. That's awesome. Yeah. So what would you say is a, let's say a typical day for a child that would be at school there as far as the, the reading instruction and, and kind of, and it may differ by grade level. I don't know, but kind of what is a, a typical schedule, I guess. Yeah. For a kid typical to, day to, in the life you know. of Lighthouse Academy. So, <laughs> that's right. 
Um, we start our day out with almost two full hours of reading language um, instruction. Uh, we call the first hour reading lab. So that's where you get your really intensive multisensory um, direct instruction. Um, and that's in a small group, like I said, and really none of them are quite at that six. Most of them are more like four to five. Um, and so that's the first hour. The second hour is language that reinforces. Um, we do a lot of building knowledge for background knowledge. We do grammar. We do, you know, anything that has to kind of go writing. That's when we can really dive into that. So the first two hours of the day are language instruction. Then, of course, we have math. One thing that our students really love at our school is that we have two recesses. Uh, we know that kids need to get up and move. We like yes. to give them lots of opportunities for that. Yeah, those mind breaks, yes, absolutely. Yeah, they definitely need those. Um, so we have math instruction after that. We have a lunch. And then the afternoons are really cool. So we do a lot of um, hands-on learning. So whether it's science, social studies, we actually teach Bible as well. Um, and so we kind of create the afternoon in this environment of um, not as structured, right? It's more fun. Uh, that's when they have art. That's when they have music, PE, um, and all of those things. And so everything that we do, we try to infuse that multi-sensory aspect into that those dyslexics really, really need. And we really try to focus on their strengths during the afternoon. And so you have some kids, we even have a new robotics program this year because oh. um, a lot of our kids really think conceptually, right? And engineering and all of those things like Legos totally. are right up their alley. So we've tried to incorporate as much of that as we possibly can and keep the afternoons not as intensive as the mornings because they've been working their brains so hard in the morning right. that their afternoons, they can kind of relax and learn and be in a really cool hands-on environment. So um, it's a it's a really unique experience, and I wish all students had the opportunity to to really get. So, all right. So let me ask you a follow-up question that yes. I get a good bit. Maybe um, probably more of a critical end I, I hear in yep. some of the groups I'm in, which is, well, you know, I, I can't I can't send my child to a private school, so let's talk, we're going to talk about two different things, but I want to peel one piece back first before we go to the second piece. The first piece is some people, the, the option they have is private tutoring. We, we get that. And that's just yes. part of what a family decides is best that's for right. them. Yeah. But if you're working with a family trying to decide and they have the means to, to get to your school, right. Yeah. And, um, and I don't know, y'all may have, I know in, in Atlanta, we have, you know, some schools that are like magnet schools, so there's waiting lists and all that. So we won't get into all that today. But if a family is seeking admissions with you, let's just yeah. kind of start there. And they're sure. trying to figure out the piece of, should we do private school and go this right, this immersion, full immersion, or should we just stay in our school where our kid has friends and then just do right. private tutoring outside of school? You know, walk us a little, I mean, I have my own thoughts about that, but walk <laughs> us through, because we know we have a lot of new moms listening, and so walk us through, you know, how you have those conversations, and what should be some of the things the family's thinking about, and then we'll dovetail back into the money piece. So let's hold the money right. piece for a second, because I think we, you have some good programs that I want to encourage people to look at what's available in their state, but before we get even get there to the full immersion program school, let's talk a little bit about you know, how does that differ? How do I make that decision from private tutoring where I can have one-on-one? -on -one? And how do, yeah. how do I, so talk to me, because I'm sure you're having those conversations you where you're at. So tell me a little yes. bit about, I'm that mom. How do I figure out what's best for, for our family? If that makes okay. sense. Okay, that's a great question. So, okay, so yes, we have parents who come to us and wonder, you know, is a full immersion school worth it? And 
the one thing we like to talk with our parents about is, you know, and I know this, and some people, we have different opinions, right? Some people love their current school. And I, and I totally understand that. And I, I think about it like, okay, if I want to learn a language, if I really want to learn Italian, do I want to use a program here in the States where I learn it through some type of audio recording? Do I want to have a tutor or do I want to go to Italy and learn it in Italy? And I think about that because in an immersion program, you are everything you do throughout your school day is with the understanding of dyslexia. You have professionals who understand it and who can, not just when you're learning language or reading or things like that, but also when I'm in science class and we're having to do an essay. Well, I have a dyslexia therapist as my teacher and they can guide me through that process and and what that looks like. And so to me, that comparison is so large and, and there's so much that can be done in an immersion school that necessarily can't be done in that private. And I understand people who can't or maybe doesn't ha- don't have the opportunity to go to an immersion school. But for our parents who come to us, you know, and, and honestly, one thing, too, about our school is that we don't keep them for K through 12. So right now we're only servicing for a few years. And the idea is that we get them at the most crucial time, the younger, the better. And once we can teach them those skills and teach them the remediation and work through those basics that they need to become a fluent reader, because the goal of our program, the goal of all of dyslexia therapy is becoming a fluent reader, you know, writer, speller. And so once we can get them through those basics to where, you know what, they can go back into a regular classroom and they can read on their own. They can read with fluency. They can have those comprehension skills. And, and so once they get that piece then we're sending them back into their regular environment, whatever that may look like, whether that's private, public, charter, whatever it is. Right. So we keep them for a time and then we send them on with the skills that they need. And ideally, you know, we'd be servicing all grades and maybe one day we will with the, st- you know, we need more staff, we need more yeah. people trained, but um, but we'd like to tell our parents, this is such a crucial time in their lives and you'll never get this stage back. And so if at all possible, you know, this is what we recommend because we know we've seen it work, right? And we've seen how how much students can grow. And it doesn't mean they can't grow in private. They can. But if you can get them to a school like these a full immersion schools where, where everybody there, not just the interventionist, where every single teacher is trained in dyslexia and understands it really, really well, I mean, how much more can they get out of that experience in three to four years? So that's our philosophy. And, you know, the goal, of course, is is getting them to the point where they can use their own skills and they can go off on their own, you know, and and be prepared. So we definitely um, value those conversations with parents. And we want parents to understand that, you know what, even if you can't do a full immersion school, even if you can't come to Lighthouse, we're here to help you. And, you know, we've had these conversations with some parents who say it's just not possible. And we say, okay, so after school, we have some groups that we put together and we say, if you can make this work, you know, we have some teachers here who can help after school. So um, it's really just, you know, what works for them. And I Mm -hmm. I just, I've seen this do wonders and it's like, Mm It's it's work miracles in my opinion. I, right. I believe that it's it's just. Well, I, you know, I was thinking that. too. <laughs> right, I was thinking too while you were saying that that you know even just thinking outside the box as parents may be listening is that you know 
when you start looking around and talking and kind of connecting with different schools, many times I know here in the Atlanta area are uh, many of ours, but not all of them. Yeah. Uh, our daughter school did not, but many of the dyslexia immersion schools here offer summer programs and you don't have to be a student there to go okay. to it. So yeah. sometimes, and I've had some friends too that have gone to um, dyslexia summer camps up north yes. in different places. Now those sometimes are as much as it's tuition. It just depends oh, on the golly. school. <laughs> uh, they can be pricey, but they're not all yeah. pricey. There's some, right. I think, in North Carolina and South Carolina as well as Colorado and places. But wow. Anyway, so some families, I have friends that I've met through the podcast where that's yeah. what they do. They they do the summer mm-hmm. or they do, you know, some other supplemental pieces there. I think the pieces though, that you had just said that stuck out to me as parents are thinking about it is um, a good bit of the full immersion dyslexia schools, not all of them, but I would say a majority of the ones I'm familiar with are more of a transition program where you're coming in, your children are learning how to decode, they're learning the skills and the rules that they need to be a successful reader. And the end goal is to get them back to what wherever you want them to go next, whether it's homeschool, private school, public school, whatever that looks like for your family. Right. And so I know sometimes when families look at it, they're like, oh, that's a lot of money. And, and it is, right? But it's also an investment in our children. So I just, I have to make the decision that works best for my family. But at the end of the day, when you think about, okay, so could we do this for two years? Could we do this for one year? Could we do this for three years? And so I think when you start thinking about it more of a short term, it becomes a little bit more palatable. And the fact that for our daughter, you know, every, like you were saying, every child in the building is dyslexic. So they completely let their guard down, so to speak, right? They become more comfortable. They become themselves because they have that piece. The other piece I like about that where if I were on the fence, what, what helped us anyway was the fact that our daughter was in first grade. So we were thinking about going into second grade and I, we, we were at the point where we we were doing private tutoring and we, it just wasn't enough. And they said, well, you're going to need to do four or five days a week. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. So (laughs) think about her being in school all day long where she was going to have to be, you know, I guess have some type of accommodations at the private school because they weren't, they weren't equipped to, although they were doing the best they could, and I, we love yeah. those teachers, yes. but even with the reading specialist that was an OG readings person, you know, she had been trained through the academy, not all the teachers had been, right? Okay. And so just the thought of having to sit through the school day, and, and she was already sitting next <laughs> to friends that read chapter books, yeah. and then having to do things after school, for us, it just wasn't the best fit for our family. That model wasn't the best fit. Okay. But I have other people that have done that model and it's worked perfectly. And, and so, but I, I guess what I'm saying is a, a lot of times I think people, this is my perception and I may, you know, get some emails on this, but <laughs> at the end of the day, I think though, just because you're looking at a program like yours or like any other program in your state, don't automatically say, oh, it's a private school. We just can't afford that. Like, give it a minute, talk to the school. And then, like you said, we'll talk a little bit in a minute. You know, there are other ways to get to these schools, especially when you think about, okay, as a family, we can make a two-year commitment. Well, what does that commitment look like? Does that mean, you know, for two years, you're not going to take a a family vacation? Or does that look like, hey, we're going to go down to one car note? Or does that look like maybe looking your state. I know in our state and your state, there are scholarships that the state department of education provides that will provide monies for a child to go to a private school um, that is serving them for dyslexia. 
But at the end of the day, when people think about, oh, it has a cost associated with it. And and yes, in an ideal world, our public schools could provide all services for all children. That is not the world we live in. That's just the reality. There's too many kids. There's too many programs. It's just... And the fact that we have this large learning curve of what dyslexics need. Now, it's yeah. getting better, but if you have a need today, it's, you're not going to solve it today. That this is, a pro- right. this is a process that it's not necessarily it your child's time. fault or the school's fault. It's just the way public education looks, unfortunately, right, right now and probably for a period of time. But at the <laughs> end of the day... If you look at, hey, I'm just I'm going to do this two year commitment, and it means that I'm not going to take, you know, maybe maybe you maybe you take pretty decent vacations, so you're going to scale back on those vacations okay. and do some mini weekends, or yeah, you know, maybe you're going to do some other pieces there. But the State Department of Education, if you'll call your if you have dyslexia schools in your area, call them, ask yes. them what kind of scholarships do y'all have. That's many right. times you may have scholarships at the state level where if your child's being served through a 504 plan or an IEP, mm-hmm. it really depends on your state. You may be, your child may be eligible for some monies for you to take them to a private school. And then many of the private schools in the Atlanta area offer scholarships on financial need mm-hmm. basis. Mm-hmm. And That's we, right. you know, the schools I've been at, we've done lots of fundraising and things like that so that more children have access to the yes. appropriate instruction that they need. So I say all that, Stephanie, to say, yeah. I don't want want parents to look and go, oh, it's a private school. We just know we can't afford it. And I'll tell people that are listening, the Lighthouse Academy for Dyslexia, I am sure, is amazing and at the same caliber of what we're doing here in Atlanta. But because they're in Mississippi, it's over half less than what I'm paying. So <laughs> so it's very, I say that to say it's very reasonable. Where That's the ones right. in Atlanta, because we live in Atlanta, they, yeah. they're, they're, they're pretty location. pricey. I mean, they're yeah. like a really nice car. So a year. <laughs> so, um, so I just That's don't right. want people to... Right foreclose their opportunity when they're, if you'll just talk to the schools, there there could possibly be some financial aid. Now, as a parent, most schools expect you to pay something. Right. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, you know, when I think about, you know, would I rather pay now or pay later? I would rather yeah. just pay now and make sure she has what she needs to be successful in her career and as an adult and, and with her own children, you know, and be able to yes. help her own children. So That's I don't know right. how you kind of approach that as far as when families do. I know and yes. you're right. there are just some families that can't make it work. I get that. Like I'm not, I'm not hating on parents yeah. that can't make that work. That's a, a right. personal decision you have to make. I just want you to be open-minded that there are other, there are other avenues to make it work. We, we somehow make it work every year. I'm not sure how we do it, but it, it happens. <laughs> and so, you know, we do a lot of praying about it and it just, Right. You know, and we do a lot of, you know, reallocating what we're doing That's as a family. Right. And uh, but, you know, I don't know what your thoughts on that, Stephanie, is. I know there are families that just say they can't do it and that's fine. But I do. I'm, I'm sure y'all are like us. So I have lots of conversations with, you know, there are resources. And I guess that's there the point are. is, regardless where you are, is look at your resources first and see before you absolutely, you know, just close the door on a school that's because right. of a school like yours that's a full immersion school it's it's not only amazing for their remediation but the self esteem mm-hmm. and the way the children feel about themselves when they leave especially if they come in that third fourth fifth grade year when mm-hmm. they they feel when it. they're beaten down yeah they're beaten down oh. and they feel it it, you can see it all over their faces. And we had a new, some new employees this year even. And, and we told them it was a new administrator. And, and we said, just wait. After the first nine weeks, some of them, maybe the first semester, after that first initial part of trying, okay, hey, what is this new place? What am I what getting myself into? It's kind of scary. Right. <laughs> you know, after that first initial thing, it's almost like you can 
actually visibly see them and their faces and how much that weight they that weight just that lifts weight, off, right? Mm-hmm. It just falls it away. And it's amazing to see. I mean, I, as an as an educator, I, I just there's nothing better than that. You they get to be their their real selves. And the you can actually teach them because they've put down those walls that they've right. built up. Like you said, well, especially they, yeah. those old ones. When they yeah. get third, fourth, fifth grade, we have some who mm-hmm. come in. And I had one parent who came in and she said, you don't understand. She cannot read. I said, ma'am, it's okay. Right. <laughs> like, that's why you're here. That's, that's why she's here. I said, mm-hmm. she, she's not the only one. I said, mm-hmm. that's how all the kids are. Right. You know, and so she was the and only one. And it's funny because they before. embrace... <laughs> Well, I say funny. It's kind of ironic, too, because once the, we had a couple of, I think, three students that came into my daughter's school last year before she transferred out. And it was amazing. In fifth grade, uh, it was a small class. So it was, I think, 24 in the whole fifth grade. And then the, similar to yours, we had seven in each group, in each homeroom yeah. and whatnot. But uh, and I think she had three or four in her um, morphology classes. But yeah. what was interesting was, you know, like those students, even though they've only been there a year, they're some of her best friends because they nice. just, the kids just gravitate to each other and they yes, support they each do. other and they would never ridicule each other. I mean, never. yeah, they're kids, so they they act silly because they're kids. They do. But they, they're respectful that everybody learns differently right. and that, you know, it's right. just, it's, it's an interesting atmosphere and environment to look at. So, oh, it um, really is. So it's, it's, yeah. its own social climate. It's own social it is. It's so uh, different. Situation. <laughs> it's and I so just different. hate, yeah, so many uh, teachers I've talked to who've gone to an emergent school and worked were like, I just wish, you know, we could do this at all of our yeah, schools. I know. Yeah, know, but it is. It's a lot of, I know at our school anyway, it was a lot of daily diagnostics to see, you it know, is. what do we need to adjust for tomorrow? Right. And, and it's really best taught in a smaller environment because yeah. you are constantly having to individualize instruction beyond yeah. what that IEP looks like. Like it yeah. is. So we specifically say, diagnostic every day, right? It, that's exactly what I was going to say. We always say be diagnostic and prescriptive. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's it, sometimes that does look like changing your your plan that you had, you know, and, and once you do those assessments and kind of progress monitoring and, and what does that look like and how much do you need to focus on this aspect of this piece or are we going to focus on the phoneme part today? Are we going to mm-hmm. focus on this? And and so it is a lot of that and it is overwhelming for teachers at first. Um, right, it's and, a lot to learn. But once, mm-hmm. It's a lot to learn and even parents, so one thing that we do yes. at our school that's a little different is um, we have parent school. Okay. So yeah. we do once every quarter, we try to, we invite the parents in and we did this via Zoom, you know, of course, during the COVID shutdown. And um, so we have parents who come in and we teach them kind of the science of reading. We teach them what we're working on, what skills they need to be working on at home. Because a lot of parents will say, okay, you've sent this homework home. This looks totally different than what we did in public school. Like explain it to me. So that's something that we really try to do is really focus on bringing those families in and keeping that conversation going between the teacher and the parent as much as possible. Um, Because it really, that's when you really can see growth um, because you're, everybody's on the same team, right? Everybody's working towards the goal and the parent is there with them. (laughs) It makes a huge, and I talk a lot about that on my podcast too. That's just, it's a, it's, you know, those communications, no matter where you're, child is in school, if you can build that strong relationship with the teacher, even when they're struggling to figure it out with you, they're going to stay in the trenches with you. And I'm glad you mentioned parenting programs because like you said, where we're at as well, a lot of our uh, dyslexic immersion schools in the Atlanta area, they do have uh, 
parenting programs that are open to our community. So yeah. I said, I mean, you might not live in, live in Mississippi or Georgia, but I would again <laughs> encourage, you know, encourage people that are listening. If you have a school that is within driving distance of your home, yeah. even if you're like, well, it's an hour, it was for us, it was like over an hour away. And so at, before we moved, but yeah. you know, even if it is, you know, call them, they may Reach have like, the very first yeah. thing we went to is what, you know, what is dyslexia? What is that? And that's yes. when we really dyslexia start understanding things. Mm-hmm. And so ask if they have, have any programming especially right now a lot of people are do programming around dyslexia awareness month and it yes. might be that you can't go daily but if it's you know they're doing a special parenting program get a sitter drive over there have dinner go to <laughs> go go to the program because the more you know and the more you understand yes. and network and meet people in your area the more empowered you're going to feel and more in control yes. you're going to feel of the situation so i'm glad you That's mentioned exactly that because right. i had not thought of that piece as well and and it 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 helps not only for your your parents and your school to have community there, but it also helps it really, just with your community at large. That's right? exactly right. Mm-hmm. And there's so many people even in the community who still are very um, uninformed about dyslexia. Absolutely. You know, we I mean, it's, even it's in just our families. <laughs> that's right. right. I mean, we we tell you know our families all the time that we're working on this both sides. Right. We're working Absolutely. on it in the school side, but we're also working on it in the community side and in the state side. You know, we're going to, we have a, we have an executive director who goes to the Capitol and it's a constant conversation with people about what is dyslexia? How does this work? What can we do? You know, what are there, what's out there? And, and so teaching these parents and and they want to know, which is, you know, wonderful. And, yeah, and absolutely. even teachers. So we have a teacher training program we're trying to start right now. And, um, and it's been wonderful because we have some teachers who are gen ed teachers who just want to understand, you know, they have these kids in their class that they can't reach out to and they, they can't quite figure it out. Them. Yeah. They, they want to help, help them. They just them. don't know I, how they don't have the tools. Yeah. That's right. And we hear mm-hmm. just like you do probably from a lot of parents who are frustrated with their schools and, and we try to tell families, you know, it's, there's nothing, this, the teacher wants to help. They, the school wants to help, but they just don't have the resources a lot of times to do these things. And so don't get mad at them, but you can help, you know, inform them. I said, you know, that's hard to, it's coming from a heart and I, and I it get is. it. And, and sometimes I know we've even recently with some families, you know, sometimes they just don't know either. Like, because right. what we started out talking about at the very beginning of, of the episode, which is, you know, these children are so smart. Like that's, yeah. that's just part of the characteristics of dyslexia, the way they think, the way they think outside of the box, they're creative. I mean, the list goes on. And so it for does. an educator to look at the student and be like, well, they're blowing it up over here. Like <laughs> their brain is amazing. They yeah. can't because that we haven't, that's just not been the culture we were raised in. No. And so they're like, well, this is not making sense. And then that's <laughs> when you get the comments of they're not trying hard enough. That's or are they correct. being so lazy, which that's we correct. know are, are not the comments they should be making, but they get no. frustrated with the child and then the child's frustrated so it's just kind of and that's why like a minute ago going back and having the conversations sometimes it's that they don't they don't realize they don't get it because they don't understand it right and so the more that we can have you know resources like yours and my 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 resources to just get more and more information out there then hopefully you know we'll we'll see some improvements but you know at the end of the day as a parent you've got to do what you think is best for your family. And sometimes that's having some really deep thoughts about what does this look like? How do we want to, you know, know, go about attacking this? And then we all know that 
dyslexia doesn't come alone, right? I always say they have dyslexic <laughs> sisters. And so yeah. there's usually ADHD or there's something That's else right. called dysgraphia. That's there's right. always, you know, depression, whatever. There's That's always right. something coming along with it. And then you're having to kind of, you know, figure those pieces out too. So there, there's pieces of this puzzle that takes a minute to. It does. <laughs> it, it does. And, and you as a parent, you understand. And I always, I keep thinking one of my kids is bound to have dyslexia. This God didn't put me on this journey without that, I'm sure. <laughs> and uh, so I think about those parents who are struggling right now, trying mm-hmm. to decide like, how, how do I do this? And how do I make this work? And I think what you said is perfect. Like you, you, you make it work, you find ways. And, and, and honestly, there are some free programs out there and, and what we're trying to do. And like you said earlier, finances are sometimes a, a barrier, but Right. Even we found that people in our local community, it's been amazing to see. I mean, I, I think back on these past few years of the school and we had some amazing donors and I had, we had this one student with a parent who came to us who I thought was really brave. She said, you know what? I can't afford this. Like this is way mm-hmm. out of my price range. This is not something I, I think I can do, but my child is really struggling. And the fact that she came to us and told us that there was a lady in the community who lived in that same uh, county and said, you know what, I'm going to pay for her tuition. And I know that doesn't happen a lot, but I get choked up thinking about it because Mm -hmm. it's like, that's like a, you're providing for a child's future. I mean, beyond what that parent could do. And the fact that that parent came out and reached out to us and said, you know, I don't know how I'm going to make this work. But I'm right. calling you. <laughs> right. And, you and just have sometimes to sometimes. It and it's yeah. hard sometimes, right? Because you have to swallow your own pride. You do. And you, you do. have to work through your own shame and blame. And you have to get to a point where you're going to do what's in the best interest of your child. And so That's sometimes right. that you have to get creative. And sometimes that. it is exactly about networking right. with people because, you know, this is the world we live in. And sometimes it just is. letting people know we are very interested and we have a need, you know, maybe yeah. you go to a summer program and they really get to know your child and now they've got a slot right. open up or they've gotten some extra. I know one of the schools says sometimes in the summer we get extra scholarship monies. You just never yeah. know where really an opportunity is going to arise. And, and I would say again to people that, that is one of the amazing things about the dyslexia community is I get that not everybody's provided for. I get that because we're all on this really unique journey of, of in the ideal world, we'd be able to get this in our public school system. And I, I yes. get that. I love that. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you know, you got to do what's best for your family and your <laughs> child. And so you, you got to look at those pieces and, and it looks different for everybody. And some days I wonder, am I getting this right? Or am I getting this wrong? But all I can do every day is try to make the best decision for that day for her That's and right. try to give her, you know, the best, you know, experiences. And if it's, you know, she's, you know, at the beginning we were doing tutoring and then we were doing other things like ballet and soccer and yeah. just trying to get her involved in things to help with her self-esteem and That's have areas right. where she can, that she was successful yeah, in, and even so she could, cool. yeah and even you know just finding ways that they can let off steam and just enjoy yeah. a different part because when you can't read it touches every part of your school day that's I mean, right. Think about it. You know, I mean, no, you know, right. I mean, it, it literally, <laughs> especially as they get older. So it let does. me, I'm going to pivot just for a second real sure. quick. I got two more little pieces I want to talk about. I noticed on the website that y'all have a center for diagnostics. So, I mean, I, I'm assuming that means evaluations. Yeah. Is that a, is that a service that you provide for just prospective students, students in Mississippi, students in your community? Can you tell me a little bit about, cause that's, that's unique. I don't see a lot of schools offering sure. that. And so yeah. that's a very unique twist to some things that you offer. So I wanted to see if you don't mind just sharing yes. a little bit about what that looks like. Sure. So our evaluation center, um, really started out of the need in our area. So 
Um, I don't know how it is where you live um, in different states, but the schools are not doing a lot of testing for dyslexia. Um, And so we have people coming to us. Not only are we trying to find good candidates for the school, but it's also people in the community who are are searching for a diagnosis, what's going on. And, and so that's where it kind of, it was birthed from. We have a wonderful um, speech and language pathologist who turned dyslexia therapist, also now a psychologist, and her daughter is dyslexic. And so she left the public school system where she was a psychometrist and she was doing evaluations and she came to um, Lighthouse and that's how the evaluation center began. And so Miss Kelly Nastasi does testing for all ages, <laughs> starting in kindergarten, all the way up, I like to say all the way to 99. She actually diagnosed someone with dyslexia who was 75. And this gentleman had questions his whole entire life about why he was the way he was, why he had so much trouble. And he found us and um, and he got tested. So wow. that all that to say is mm-hmm. we provide it for anyone in the community. It's open to all ages, um, no matter if you're in school, not in school, if you are school age for Lighthouse or not. Um, she does evaluations for all and, um, and it's been really wonderful. And, and it's, I mean, she's a one woman show right now, hopefully in the, (laughs) in the future, we'll, we'll have some more people on that team that can, that can help her out. And, um, but no, yeah, she is, she's doing, she's rocking it and it's been really, really great. And so, yes, it helps the school because we can find students who are good candidates um, but it also gives those people and even students in higher grades who are just searching for mm-hmm. maybe they need extra time on the ACT. Maybe, you know, they've gone through school and they've known something's wrong, but finally there's somewhere they can get tested. So um, for us in this area, there's just not a lot of options. And so we were hoping and and that's why this was kind of a thing that kind of came up these past few years is hoping that we can. We can meet people in all realms, um, not just the school realm, but also that diagnosis piece that's always missing from, yeah, from Jen Ed. <laughs> yeah, like I said, I just saw that on your website. Yeah. And like I said, that's that's unique to to dyslexia to school, schools. at least in my yeah. area. That, so okay. I thought that was really neat. So I wanted to highlight that. Yeah. And yeah. then the, the last thing is... Um, I'm really fascinated. I absolutely, if I didn't have didn't have a different already planned out something, I would be there. The <laughs> lighting the coast. Yeah, about lighting the coast. Oh my goodness! So excited. Look, it's my mom's birthday, so I can't make it this Aww. year. She's turning eighty, so we're doing some special stuff with that her. That is very special. <laughs> so I was you like, know. oh, of course it would be on that date. But you I would love that. to. I'm going to put it for next year. I'll get the date early you, next year. But tell us too. about lighting the coast because it sounds like an amazing thing to do, and then a great reason to travel to the coast. So tell us about what y'all are doing. Yeah. Um, I told you earlier, we live in a beautiful place and uh, right here we live, there's a little beach kind of slab. And um, so every year we started this three years ago, we wanted a way for the community to be involved in what we're doing. We're trying to find ways to connect people. And our parents are some of the most (laughs) phenomenal, like supportive, just just really all in type of people. And so really it started from the parents and the staff kind of working together. And now the uh, PTO actually does it and runs it. So what it is, is we do a lantern. um, It's a water lantern festival. What that means is we um, release lanterns onto the beach, off the beach, into the water. Um, And we do this right now, this year, it's October 28th, which is a little bit late in Dyslexia Awareness Month, but 
Um, but we release those lanterns at sunset. So we invite all of our parents, our families, our community. We always have a great turnout. The, the mayor came, he, you know, they're, they're great and so supportive. Um, our local aldermen show up, our police, our fire, um, and they come and we all have this wonderful moment at sunset where the students, not even just students, but you can write a name on the lantern, maybe someone who is affected by dyslexia, someone that currently is working towards their, um, their journey through dyslexia. They write their name on that lantern and then they all release at the same time. And it's so beautiful. We have, you know, family games that can be played on the beach. We have some pizza, Coke, water, all this fun stuff, um, music. And it's just really a beautiful time to get together and, and really focus on really the strengths and, and we think of it as, as not as a, um, a negative, but as a positive. So when we raise awareness for dyslexia, it's understanding how much potential and the intrinsic value that these children with dyslexia have and them understanding that and them going through their lives with challenges. Yes. But being aware and having that knowledge and that power to know that yes, they have dyslexia, but there are so many things that they are wonderful at and great at, and they can weave that in together. And so it's really, really fun. Um, this year it's on a Friday night. So after school, they all show up, we have t-shirts we sell and, um, really just kind of come together as a staff, as a family, as a school and a community and just raise that awareness for dyslexia. Super, super beautiful. I love the idea. So I am definitely going to <laughs> make a, yes, I'm going to make a notation to circle back with you <laughs> next year because I want to make sure, like I said, if it wasn't a milestone birthday, I might, oh, I we're, understand. we already got some plans in the mix, but uh, otherwise yeah, I would love that. to do a family trip and come yeah. and cause it sounds so, I mean, I just think it would be fun to do as a family and then an opportunity to, to meet with it you guys is. too, but, yes. uh, but We're yeah, I would love, that. so I will definitely, but if there's anybody in the area or, or anybody that wants to take a road yes. trip, then definitely check it out and on their website yes. and see if that's, uh, yeah, you can go to our website, lighthousedyslexia.org. And, um, and so, you know, it, it's just really fun and I, I've loved sounds getting really cool, to, yeah to see all the kids and like, and it's families. They all show up. Yes, for their a nice community event. And, oh right. my gosh. Yeah. So if someone's listening, they they will be because I always have people <laughs> that reach out to my guests. So just get ready. Um, sure. If someone's wanting to learn more about the Lighthouse Academy, how's the best way to connect and learn more? What is the like go-to place you send people to, to learn yes. more about your school and connect we, with you or others? Yeah, we have several uh, modes that you can contact. So for sure, the website is kind of the key. So that's lighthousedyslexia.org. And then we also have a Facebook page for Lighthouse Academy for Dyslexia. You can find us there. You can find us on Instagram. Um, you can um, you can even, I mean, once you get to the website, there's so many different avenues you can go to. There's phone number you can call us. There's a form you can fill out and we'll contact you. Um, I'm personally involved in that. So I definitely would contact you if you reached out to me. Uh, my email is on the website as well. Um, and we are very willing to help. Um, our staff is, is some of the best in the best. So um, I, I and we'll put all just, that info in the show notes too. So that <laughs> yeah. way if somebody's driving and they can't write it down, they can just 
Click yes, on the link when they get to where they're going and, uh, <laughs> and connect with you or if they want to circle back, you know, and, and do that. So I, I know that'll be a great resource. And Stephanie, it's been great talking with you today. You I, so you know, I'm excited to start collaborating and, and partnering yes. with the Lighthouse Academy. I think sounds like y'all are doing some amazing things and just the dyslexia awareness alone is just amazing. And so we, you know, it's, it's, it's great to have, um, you know, have you Stephanie yes. in the school and our, our network of, of resources, because there are some, some pieces out there that are, can be overwhelming because there's so much information, but then some information is not great that's out there. Okay. And I noticed even when you go to their website, if you, uh, I think it's under a dyslexia tab there, I think it's, I think I use the same video. There's a couple of YouTube videos <laughs> on there about dyslexia, but it's yeah. good because it boils it down and makes it kind of simple to understand or yes. simpler to understand. And so I think that's helpful. And and I, I too, as a mom at the beginning, I mean, even though I had a background in education, I, I tried to read everything I research. could. I tried to watch every, yeah, research and yes. try to figure this thing out so I could explain it to my daughter and other people in our family yeah. and make sense out of things at meetings and things like that. So yes. on that journey, that adventure. And so uh, <laughs> it's always good when you can find resources. And so right. I hope that, that, that helps others, but thank you yeah, Stephanie, so much. Thank you, Nicole. It's been wonderful to connect with you. And, and like I said, I'm new to the podcast world, but I'm excited to share your podcast with some of our parents and, and really let them understand like from your perspective, which is really unique and wonderful. This parent perspective of, of what this journey can look like and how much you can, you know, you can receive the support and this community, like you said, of dyslexia, um, warriors is what we like to call them. Yeah, um, these mama warriors who are really just searching for information, but the community has been wonderful. And, and like you said, there's nobody who doesn't want to help. So absolutely. any place that's near you, <laughs> please reach out to them. Please. I mean, People are ready to help. This dyslexia family is strong. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you, Stephanie. It's been a pleasure, and I look forward to more conversations in the future. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope you enjoyed this episode with Stephanie. And if you would, this is Dyslexia Awareness Month. And even if you find this episode and we're not in Dyslexia Awareness Month, always know that there is someone that needs to hear this information, someone who is struggling with the very same things that you are either struggling with or have struggled with in the past as it relates to figuring out your parenting path for dyslexia. So if you'll just hit the share button wherever you're listening to this podcast and either share it out in your Facebook, uh, take a screenshot, share it over on Instagram, uh, tag us on that so I can see that you're doing that. But more importantly, one in five, one in five need to hear this information because they are dealing with dyslexia, even if they don't know it. If you have a friend that you think might be struggling, hit the share button and send it to them via text or via email. And thank you so much for listening. I so appreciate your continued support and listening to the podcast. And I hope you have a fantastic day. And remember, you got this and you're not alone.